Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. This is Jared the Apocalypse Nerd Wallace joining you for Podcast Act Round Zero, episode 21. Uh, what are we calling episode 21? Blackjack! Blackjack! Uh, uh, apocalypse Reality TV. Wow, yeah. great if I did my homework and knew what I was talking about. Yeah, uh, if, you'd, if you'd only picked out a title. In the last two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Yes. I, if I, or if I hadn't just posted it all over the place. So, yes. <laughs> um, as to show you, apparently I do not pay attention. So, apparently... Uh, <laughs> that does not speak well of your ability to survive in the apocalypse, sir. If you... Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm not 15 anymore, so I, I, I've slowly assessed that uh, over time that my chances of getting got slimmer and slimmer and slimmer over the years. You, you'll uh, be taking that advice that we'll be bringing up later in the episode. Absolutely. Uh, so, again, Podcast Akron Zero, Episode 21, Apocalypse Reality TV. So, again, myself, Jared, the Apocalypse Apocalypse Nerd Wallace, and again, he can't talk, and Adam, fill in the nickname Glancy. <laughs> All right, Adam Bum, Bum, Adam Bum Glancy, that's there what we're go. going, because I'm the bomb, bitches. You, you, you are the bomb, yes. I'm so sorry I said that out loud. Well, now you're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was so, such a terrible idea. It is, all, it is all you now, my friend. Oh, my God. Uh, so, right. so we're gonna have to. So, what we're gonna talk about is all these, you know, quote unquote, reality TV shows, these apocalyptic shows, you know, like The Colony, Apocalypse Man, Doomsday Preppers, things like that, you know, where it's like real people in real situations or things that are, uh, you know, fa uh, you know, faux situations, you know, trying. Yeah, to... real, real people in stage situations. Yeah, I mean, I've seen all over the internet people talking about. It's like, was the colony fake? And it's like, what do you mean? Was it fake? It's a <laughs> fucking TV show. Well, no. I mean, they're surviving, and the, but we'll, we'll uh, get it. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into how I feel, how contrived it is, and how conveniently the skill sets of the people that they've strung together. Because I know a random ten people are going to have the, just the perfect skill sets to do yeah. what they need to do. They're not going to be, you know, the overweight. Uh, gaming, you know, office worker like me, like not like that. Every not like nine out of ten of them are going to be that, right? But uh, well, eight. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. My skill set. Uh, let me get this straight. You were you used to work as a prosecutor, which means law school and school, and you write stories. You're yeah. perfect for, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm perfect for lifting and moving cinder blocks. That's about it. I mean, I'm, I'm perfect for some really top-end manual labor until my 40-year-old body just falls apart like, you know, a fucking, like, like a poorly constructed scarecrow, you know? Yep. But, you know, they'll be making that decision about whether or not Glancy's doing enough work to earn his calories for the day. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, but they do bring up good. St well, I mean, despite the the, the contrivedness of uh, these shows, they do bring up some good points. But we'll, we'll get it. We'll get into that here in a second. But uh, um, we've been uh, well. I've been slacking on the whole in the news category of late. Um, again, I haven't really run across anything that's stellar that I even thinks worth mentioning. Have well, you come across anything or? Well, except for the continuing, you know, uh, Russians, the Russians horsing around in the Crimea, like where it's you know. Partying like it's 1991, yeah. and the Soviet Union is back. Um, no, no, I, I, I don't. I'm not talking about reality. I want fantasy. You know, I want. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, 
Oh, I well, heard. You know, I, I, speaking of that, I heard on the radio this morning. There, uh, this comedian, uh, or actually, who who they were playing a clip. Maybe it might have been from Jimmy, uh, um, from Jimmy Fallon or something. Yeah. Like they they asked the Russians, they're like ten thousand Russian soldiers showed up outside the border, and they're like, well, well, it's you know, why you're here, you know, training exercises. Well, what are you training for? To invade. <laughs> You know, yeah. Chechnya, to invade Chechnya, you know. Yeah, to, to take your country. Oh, did we say that? Oh, it's a giveaway. Oh, what a giveaway. So yeah. that, was, that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, I can totally see that. Um, <laughs> my the, my thing about this, uh, the, the, that, the current thing we're seeing, is that at least Vladimir Putin has learned the lesson of Saddam Hussein. If you're going to steal some country away from people, make sure you have nukes. Because if, because uh, then if you got nukes, all you got to do is put up with the economic sanctions and the political sanctions and the, you know, if you can, and the political, you know, diplomatic fallout, if you can weather that, you can take any fucking thing you want. Yeah, you got uh, the, uh, you got the chutzpah to back it up, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I got to say, it's just like, uh, that he's definitely learned that lesson. Certainly that's the lesson that North Korea learned and has been desperately trying to get a nuke. So that they can, although frankly, one wonders how much crazier North Korea is going to be once they have nukes. Because right now they do so much crazy bullshit that it's hard to imagine them being worse. But I guess I shouldn't say that where North Korea is concerned. Oh, dude, they're they're fucking batshit crazy, and it's like, and, and they they don't have they don't have what it takes to back to back up the craziness. Once they have the what they need to back up the crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the fact, my favorite North Korean thing is when they attempted to open relations with Japan and get better relations with Japan. Their first move was to say, hey, we just thought we'd like to mention that for several decades now we've been sending submarines to your coastline and having commandos kidnap random people walking on the beach and take them back to North Korea and force them to teach Korean, you know, secret agents how to pass for Japanese. So we just thought we'd let you know about that, you know, as a way of warming up our relationship. The Japanese had no idea this was happening. They just had missing persons reports, and the Japs were like, well, um, if, if you've got these people, can we talk to them? No. Well, can their families talk to them? No. So how is this making our relations better? We're opening up. We're, yeah. we're being more, you know, open with each other, and we're just telling you that we routinely ca kidnap your citizens. <laughs> Are you going to stop? No. <laughs> what the fuck? Holy yeah, shit. There, yeah, there's, there's something wrong <laughs> with those people. Yeah. yeah. It's like, here here we were back, you know, when we were in high school. We thought the Russians were going to be the real problem. It's the Pacific Rim. That is, <laughs> that, is the, that is the problem. Well, they seem to keep all the best crazy out there. Um, that's for goddamn sure. Um, anyway, so I, I don't have much in the way of post-apocalyptic news, except I am playing the hell out of uh, uh, State of Decay Breakdown. Um, I, I haven't got back to it because I kept on like keep on like. Uh, you know what I got hooked on last month? You know what did they have uh, last week? Was a free uh, Civilization download? Oh yeah, I, I skipped that because I wanted to have a life. I, I knew that if I downloaded Civilization, done. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of uh, sucked into that uh, a lot. You know, it's like, oh, I want to build resources. I need to build more science. Oh, I want to I want to have this kind of victory. You know, 
It's like I want to build. I want to build tanks so I can just run over your armies. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you know what I noticed? There's post-apocalyptic scenarios for civilization revolutions. Because oh, is remember, there? yeah, for a dollar twenty-five or a dollar whatever, you can buy these these maps and these uh, 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 sort of. The game is now selling you piecemeal maps and scenarios. Like, you know, it's yeah, even selling you, like, uh, uh, you know, the, the the wonders of the world. Like, you don't get all the wonders of the world unless you spend another twenty-five to get a half dozen more, uh, which is a little cheap, but, it, you know, all right. But the point is they have... Yeah, it's incremental. Oh, yeah. I download the free game. There's a couple of downloadable content free that I download, and that was it. I was happy. It's like, well, it's a free game. So, But now that you've told me there's something apocalyptic, uh, I yeah. may have to spend money. Yeah, they're they're like for a dollar twenty-five or three forty. It's it's somewhere in that range. You can get a pack that uh, provides um, uh, a a an apocalyptic world. That is to say, one where there's either like global warming or uh, some sort of uh, catastrophic climate change, which means resources are really scarce and there's like tons of extra barbarians, you know, crawling around the landscape, wrecking what you're trying to build. Um, it um, it also I, I only read about what there was on you know Xbox Live, but you know take a look. It almost sounded like a little bit like a Lifeline from State of Decay, where like you start with stuff, and because things are screwed up, thing that your your situation gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because um, well, the game's all about resource management anyway. You know. Yeah. So this is it. it sounds like they've really dialed up the, the they've dialed up the scarcity and increased the chaos. Hmm. Um, you know, maybe even throwing another natural disasters that happened during the game. But it's it was the, the one I remember. Oh, that was it. There's a global warming scenario with rising seas, and then there's an ice age scenario where you're being pushed further and further south. Oh, all right. I'll throw, I'll go. Yeah, like I, <clears throat> I haven't been wasting enough time with that, so I'm gonna have to. No, you know. no. But at least this time it'll be you know appropriate because it'll be apocalyptic. There you go. See, so we had something apocalyptic. Um, I recently saw something about. Um, Snowpiercer, the one about you know the train oh, yes. that still that runs around the world. Like it's still it's. Um, I'm still not 100 percent sure about apocalypse on a train. Oh, well, but, but you know, gonna have to see it just for the fact that you have to see it. You know, like the like yeah. like the Colony movie. You know. Yes. Yeah. I had to, I had to see it just because I had to see it. You know, and it, it wasn't terrible. Like I said, they think <laughs> much like Zardoz. Oh yeah. Um, so I think that's we're supposed to be get released uh, like in June. I think it's like it's coming. It's finally coming to a head um, this summer. And then what? Uh, well, there was something I read on uh, briefly on uh, Gizmondo about <clears throat> the whole Chernobyl, uh, Chernobyl area, about something with like because of the radiation and it did something to like the bacteria that like all the dead forests. You know, 30 years later, are not, or almost 30 years later, are not decaying because it did something to it. So there's like, there's well, these... if it killed off the bacteria, it's like irradiated fruit. You know, there's nothing to break down the. Yeah. The, the radiation would mean there's nothing to break down the, uh, the dead, which is interesting because that means that you know, in a, in a fallout nuclear environment, your corpses are going to hang out a lot longer. Yeah. Which will lead to the zombie apocalypse. See, it all it all like works. You know, it all ties it in together. Comes together perfectly like a pair of cogs. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Uh, so yeah, I just it was just it was just a brief little thing they were talking about that, which I thought was uh, kind of interesting. So, all right, uh, well, 
We should also mention we're also going to throw in, uh, we, we don't just have some of the wonky reality or documentary apocalypses, but there's also things like, you know, life after people. Yeah. Oh, well, if you, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, you said we weren't necessarily going to hit that one because that was a little bit different. That wasn't quite the. I, I think I was, I think I was wrong because it was, do, it's documentary style wait, 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 apocalypse. Wait, wait, what? Mark your calendar. No, no, what? <laughs> mark, mark your calendar. This is a special day. I might have, might have been wrong. Oh, well, it's on videotape and it's out there. So yeah. Yeah, it's on the web, documented. All right, just saying. You know, on this oh, day. Oh, we, oh, we could definitely talk about that too because I loved that series. I think it was fantastic. Uh, March, March seventeenth, two thousand fourteen, Monday, six fifteen uh, p.m. Pacific Standard, nine fifteen Eastern Standard. Scott Clancy said he might be wrong. He might be wrong. Might be. Might be. We have not confirmed whether it's wrong, whether he's wrong or not, but he might be. But let's go ahead with, uh, why don't we just start with Life After People now that we've gotten on to that. I mean, okay. Uh, well, Life After People was on the History Channel, and uh, it started with uh, like a, like a two-hour uh, special, which eventually turned into two, uh, t two, uh, two seasons. Uh, now, that originally came out, what, like 2000... I don't remember, but can you look that up real quick? I'm, look, I'm making that happen. You just go right ahead. Because uh, I remember that came out after there was a, a book that came out called uh, The World Without Us. Yes. By, again, good thing we got Wikipedia here because... Yeah, I'll, I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. Uh, because, you know... Because, you know, we're so always so prepared. Well, you know, it was... It was Alan. Alan uh, West, uh, Wesman. Weiss, Weissman. Weissman. He wrote this book called The World Without Us. I mean, it wasn't the, the greatest book, but it was a, a start of one of those books that came out in 2007. Um, it was talking about, you know, if man disappeared from the earth, you know, how would the world reclaim itself and what would, you know, how would nature act? Now, he... Uh, I, just wanted, I just wanted to say that Life After People was January 21, 2008, the pilot, and then two seasons through uh, March 16th, 2010. Okay, wow. That was years ago already. Fuck. Um, time flies. So, yeah, those came out after uh, after uh, The World Without Us came out. And I think that probably prompted because a lot of the book he talked about real-world stuff like, okay, this city's been abandoned for this long. This island has been abandoned for that long. And he used it to, you know, uh, he talked about, like, there's this forest, uh, ancient forest in Poland, near Poland, that was like, you know, you know, just overgrow, you know, you know, any any attempt to, you know, establish any kind of living situation there, it overgrows it. So I mean, it was fairly interesting, but it was it didn't quite get into it as much as I would have liked to, like the possibilities. Okay, what's going to happen afterwards? Now, life after people picked that up and ran with it. They they basically said, okay, man disappears from the earth, and this is how long... Oh, I found it. It's the uh, Bialoisa Forest. Thank you. Yeah, the Bialoisa Forest in Poland. Uh, they also, he also hit things like, which I'm very amused by, he hit the uh, Korean demilitarized zone to show what a place looks like when people just don't go in it, you know, and there for was, decades. There was like some uh, island in, uh, in the Mediterranean as well uh, that, he, that he spoke about. Uh, that wasn't the Kingman Reef, was it? Or the Pal Palmyra Atoll? Uh, I'm not sure. It was like this, this, this city there, like this uh, with hotels. Oh, like oh, oh, Varusha, Cyprus. The yeah. place on Cyprus. 
Yep. It was the center of all the fighting, and now there's she's part of the DMZ between the Turkish and Greek parts of yes. Yep. Yeah. So he talks about that, and they actually refer to it in, uh, I think, Life After People as well, if I remember correctly. So it's been a number of years since I watched it. Um, but it, you know, takes man out of the equation and to show, like, what would happen? How long would it take for, you know, the plant life to grow, for, you know, items to decay, you know, for bridges to collapse, for buildings to collapse, and glass, and earthquakes, and animals, and it goes into the whole scenario, and it takes it uh, not just in a global scale, but they do it, like, in, like, different areas of the world, like, here's Paris, this will happen in Paris, or New York, and then they also talk about, on different shows, they focus on different, uh, Different different items. It's not always the same thing. Okay, this is what happens in New York. You know, they talk about you know the wildlife and dogs and what would happen to domestic animals and you know herded animals. You know, like for uh, you know, milk cows and I mean it covers everything. Like if man was taken out of the equation, what would because you know it wasn't just like okay in a, in a in a hundred years this is what it will look like. They do cover a lot of that and they go pretty far into the future. Uh, yeah, they, they go a couple of a thousand years until you know millennium, a few yeah. millennia. Uh, till they've till the, till the Hoover Dam is collapsing. You know the one that really got me were, was the thing about uh, the Golden Great Gate Bridge rusting because yeah. on all that salt air because nobody's painting it. Oh, they're constantly they're constantly painting that bridge. Yeah, every and the, single day. Yeah, and that the, there's this system of, of 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 sealing it against the elements that goes on constantly that requires a an army of workers. You know, and if you and if we stop. Maintenancing our stuff, it starts collapsing pretty quick. Oh yeah, that they made that very evident, especially like the New York City subway. I think they said within, I think they said within two or three days, the the systems would the 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 you know, the system pumps the system would fail, and within two or three days it would be flooded, because they have constantly have pumps getting water out of there, and once the power dies, and everything and the systems break down. Those subways would be flooded. They'd be, you know, underground rivers like that. Yeah, yeah. and I thought that was—I mean, just the idea that our civilization requires uh, not just all this power, but it also requires all this meat. It requires all this us to constantly keep it in motion, constantly keep it uh, under under maintenance and repair. You know, that's civilization, baby. You know, if if we don't maintain it. It doesn't maintain us, unfortunately. It, yeah. It, 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 it will collapse, everything. Yeah, like the Golden Gate Bridge, the dams. I think they said that, like, the dams were like, oh, well, it's pretty much maintenance-free, but after a while, it would, you know... Oh, it was it was the shellfish. It was those freshwater clams or barnacles that will clog, clog, clog the spillways until the level in the lake over overtops the dam. And at that point, it'll start eroding the dam from the top up. That, that amount of water will... Uh, we'll, we'll eventually pull the dam down from the top. Yeah, so it's so it's pretty good. I mean, they cover each one. They cover different major topics. You know, like I said, one was like I think one was like domesticated animals. You know, far uh, livestock animals. Uh, uh, I mean, it covers a lot. You know, so it, it was pretty good. I mean, they did two seasons. I enjoyed it. I watched it every week. It was on. I got them. Uh, well, I, I I have them on the shelf. You know, I could. Uh, you know, it's in the other room though. I'd have to grab it, but. Um, but yeah, no, Life After People is good. That's the way they talk about the decay, because again, being you know, fans of the apocalypse, it's interesting to see how things would really collapse, because the infrastructure would be gone. If it was a global Whoa. level uh, event, the, most of the infrastructure would collapse, and these things would rapidly start going, uh, falling apart. 
and you don't really see that a lot in all these post-apocalyptic things, but it's like, no, a lot of the shit within, like, you know... Weeks. Day, weeks, or things will start going. Within within a couple of years, a lot of this stuff is just gone. You know, bridges will be collapsing. Just just because we're gone, not because something fell out of the sky and killed us all. Shit, it, it, it's going to start falling apart even if all the power got turned off in all of our houses so we don't have shorts on the grid, you know, and power burnouts and fires that will happen because there's nobody maintaining the power flow. If everybody turned their lights off, you know, and turned off the water and the taps, and then just disappeared. The you know our our the artifacts we've left behind start disintegrating, being consumed by the environment pretty quickly. Um, I was gonna uh, you know uh, oh shoot, I was gonna say uh, something really brilliant and pithy and interesting, but uh, clearly it fell out of my head. So oh. I'll I'll come I'll 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 interrupt you later. Sure. <laughs> But uh, but no, but it's but it's interesting because it's not just you know they said oh, okay if man disappeared which is not realistic, but if there was like a global pandemic when the populations get reduced to small numbers and guess what you to, know to Chuck, to Chuck Heston levels yeah that's sort of that's how you know the epidemic is out of control is when your populations been reduced to Chuck Heston levels. Oh, there you go. I, thought you, I thought when you started saying Chuck, I thought you were going to say Chuck E Cheese levels. I don't know why. <laughs> what other Chuck is there? There's only ch there, right, there's, there, there's Chuck Heston and there's Chuck E. Cheese. That's it. <laughs> there there might also be Chuck Bronson. Yes. Right. Well, I already thought I guess I thought about Chuck E. Cheese because apparently they're buying Dave and Buster's. I don't know what that has to do with anything, but um, there you go. This, this apparently, is, apparently Chuck E. Cheese is going into the Dave and Buster's business. You know, clearly this is the first step towards the apocalypse. I think they said, uh, what was the joke? It was a, they're buying it for like a billion dollars or they're like 10 million or 10 trillion, uh, you know, uh, skee-ball tickets or something like that. I don't remember, <laughs> you know. All right, so uh, life after people and um, yeah, world without people uh, will definitely fall into, I guess, the, the documentary style, you know, post-apocalypse. Yeah. And, yeah. Now, and from after, after documentaries, the next step down is reality TV. Yes. Lovely, lovely reality yeah. TV. Yeah, the uh, the part the uh, the part where producers. The colony. The colony. Yeah. I got these cheap, by the way, so don't. Uh... Oh, as if that excuses your behavior, sir. Well, it, but it made it easier. <laughs> oh, it made your bad behavior easier. Okay. Yes, it it, it enabled me. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, so, anyways, you walk. You'd seen this. Before, right? Before oh yeah, I was it? I was watching the first season when it first uh, aired um, back in um, ten, two thousand ten, mm -hmm. which again it was like wow that was uh, a long time ago. Um, so then it came out with the second season. Was it the, was it the very next year? I think uh, yeah, the very next year. I recently had a catch up and watch this one, and it's been a while since I watched this one. But I know you've watched that one. Yeah. So the colony is. Okay, it's an experiment in social psychology. Okay, it's um, they take a group of people, they put them into this apocalyptic scenario for like 50 days. They drop them in there, and because you know they could really get their head around uh, that they're in an apocalyptic apocalyptic situation when they're wearing microphones and there's guys and cameras following them around. Yeah, that that immediately makes you feel like the world has ended. Yeah, exactly. It's like <laughs> yeah, why it's am like, I why am I immediately reminded of Dead Set? 
Oh yeah. Was, well. Yeah. De- yeah. Dead set was the uh, was the British made zombie apocalypse set on the set of Big Brother. Like they're filming Big Brother, and, and it all the zombie, goes down. The zombie apocalypse. Everyone outside the fucking show is turned into a flesh eating zombie, and the only people left are the people who are on this goddamn TV show. And they, and most of them don't have a fucking brain cell. You know, they don't have like three brain cells between all of them. You know. Yeah. Yeah. People are. You know, some people are still worried about. Am I coming off popular? You know. There's nobody watching, you know? Yeah, yeah, or it's the same old zombies. Mm-hmm. Well, nothing, so nothing's changed, but uh, there you go. Right. So, and so it's reality, they put them in this, the first the first season, they put them in this situation, They're, they go, okay, here's the apocalypse happened, you're in this scenario, go. Um, now, they direct them, though, to a space that they've set up for them. Yeah, they did, like, a, some kind of, like, movie set where... Um, but it's like large, it's like a 10-acre area. I mean, it's fairly sizable, you know, so they can kind of go around. They put them in the situation, they got to survive, and, you know, survive on whatever they have. Now, uh, one of my, again, one of my first problems with it was the 10 volunteers they had. It was a convenient uh, piecing together of skill sets. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, look, here's a general contractor. Oh, here's an inventor. Oh, here's a this. Oh, and they they all have these perfect here's skill sets. a doctor, a nurse, a contractor, a mechanic, a machinist, a handyman, aerospace engineer, a mechanical engineer, a computer sciences engineer. It's like, well, God, if my fucking survival group is made up of those guys, we're hooray! We've we've won, you know. Martial martial artist instructor. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And and again, and again, guess what? You're not going to pull that kind of group together at random in a real apocalypse. I'm sorry. You might get one or two of those types of people, but your average people, no. Well, so, one, of, one of my favorite things about um, you know State of Decay is that when you pick up survivors, they have this list of skills. And you know, you're like, can I join your group? And you're like, sure. But before you really say yes, you don't get any chance to check what their skill set is. But after you say yes, they join the group, you end up with guys who live like, you know, one point of cardio and one point of fighting and ten points of game show quiz answers, you know? And you're like, really? We recruited the guy who knows every answer on Jeopardy? Fuck. You know, no cooking, no engineering, no fighting. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there is an achievement you can get for taking a character and running into a mob of zombies with a hand grenade and blowing yourself up. So I think the guy with the game show answers just nominated himself. For that Guess mission. what? You you win. <laughs> <laughs> so this so was this, uh, so this perfect set of characters. Now, um, during the show, they keep on having these experts pop in. In you know, apocalyptic situation, the psychology of the people break down, and da da Like they have like a like a psychologist expert. They have this one guy with the glass, the ball guy, who was like the. Um, National security expert guy, they you know they have all these different experts to talk about. Well, in this kind of scenario, when disaster happens, yeah, they had, they had an engineer, um, a, a psychotherapist, and a homeland security advisor. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they, they're interjecting, talk about the scenarios. Now, I mean, it is interesting to see, but again, it's a lot of it's so contrived, and there's, there's and they don't really tell me anything really deep. You know what I mean? These 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 experts come on and say, here's some fluff that can apply to any situation. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, so I mean, it was interesting to see, you know, 
like some of the things that they could come up with with the little things they have. I mean, like like the that, biggest that thing, is the, that is where the show really won, right? When they got on mission, and they yeah. had to make something out of nothing, and they take a bunch of nothing, and then they got something out of it. That's where the show suddenly became riveting. Was, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, despite. Okay, yeah, it's all contrived, and they got to do these things. But at least it shows that, wow, look what you could do with scavenging, and look what you could do with it's around you. Now, mind you, you got to have people with these fucking skill sets, you know, you know, on top of it. Yeah. Like the biggest thing, the coolest thing I thought they did, and we've talked about this before, is the wood gas, um, wood gas stove. You know, the wood gas, what do you call it, extractor? Yeah, it's like uh, make, yeah, make, yeah make, the wood gas, the wood gas extraction system. Yeah. Yeah, that was the best thing. So they need fuel, wood oh, gas. Or you know. wood gasifier, and the system they used is but simple. Yep. But you would have, really but simple. you would have had to known how to do that, and you know, they had all these like you know engineers and all these people. Like I think I read something about you know. So it's like, again, it's not really reality, reality, but it's interesting to see what you know. You get the right heads together, what you could come up with, you know, and the whole things about them getting food and eventually getting out, you know, to get out of there, you know. Repairing a truck, repairing some vehicles so they can leave. Yeah. Using... And during the time, they keep on interjecting with how it's like, oh, you know, during the course of the thing, eventually the people's heads kind of get in it to where, you know, they're not seeing the cameras and they're just really just involved in what they're doing and they're kind of lost in it. I mean, I could see that with some of the some some of the people kind of really get, like, lost in it, but not uh, overall. Now, here was my biggest problem with the show because yeah. again it's a game show and yes I understand it but again this is America okay and <laughs> if they're surviving in the apocalypse there will be weapons there will be firearms there are so many firearms just laying around in this country yeah the fact that they're unarmed is was such an unrealistic part of the scenario, but again, yeah. I understand they have to have it for the show. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they can't, they have, they can't carry the liability for that. No, absolutely not. You know, maybe, but it was so unrealistic, but they had some traders come in who were armed, and I was like, okay, see, that's what you'd be seeing. You know, people coming in, armed escort, you know, people with some firearms, um, you know, and then they try to mix it up with the characters a lot. With you know, oh look, you know, they let they give it like the group like a week to kind of start to uh, kind of congeal and get their heads together. Then they kept on throwing things in the mix to sh to shock them and mix them up. Like, oh look, here's some people, some new people they add to the group, or look now here's some strangers who are attacking you and want your stuff. They kept on like trying to throw them off, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and. The thing that, the, and some of the, some of that typical reality show drama where uh, Joe doesn't like Frank and Frank doesn't like Joe and everybody has to talk tough to each other, and that that part became absolutely toxic for me. Oh yeah. Show. Because there was a, what was the, what was the one guy's name? Our favorite. Uh, yeah, our favorite guy, Mike. Mike, who was very handy, being a former handyman. But was such had such a gigantic inferiority complex about all the people around him who had fucking degrees, PhDs, uh, masters in electrical engineering, or whatever. He's always eh, these talky, thinky people with their knowing things. They don't know how to do things like a man. And he just was just it's like pouring salt in my eyes every episode when he turned up. And again, the tough talk drove me crazy because what are you really gonna do? You're on a fucking game show. 
You're going to start swinging and get thrown off the show? Please, be my guest. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah he was a so... There's no, you're not going to prove how tough you are by talking a bunch of smack. Just do your job. You know, the guy was brilliant when he did his job, when he could make things happen. Yeah. Because he's the guy who made the electrical system happen. He's the guy who adapted a like a, an, a lawnmower or an edger to be a, uh, a generator system to run an alternator to, to uh, you know, get the battery powered. Did that stuff? Brilliant. Starts talking about all, yeah, yeah, they, you better not mess with me. Oh, my God. You know what I keep thinking of? I keep thinking of that Kane and Peele uh, uh, skit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was oh yeah, yeah, that was brilliant. By the way. Yeah, thank you. We're you know, I'm a day one seventy three. I'm the last man on earth. If only, if only I could find somebody else. And sure enough, he finds somebody, and within thirty seconds of meeting him, he shoots him. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can tell right off the bat, this relationship isn't going to work out. <laughs> Just not gonna work out. Go back to the day 174 on the S man on Earth. There are some folks who would have gotten shot or or shivved if they brought that attitude to a real crisis situation, making okay. the crisis even worse. Exactly. Because, you know, they're like they were too friendly, and they said they didn't make enough when it came to weapons. Instead, it's like, oh, I know what would have been like. Okay, well, you know what? We need to make some spears. We need to make some. You know, we need to make some. You know. Uh, it, it was clubs, just, uh, clubs uh, tools, find bows and arrows. Find some truck springs. Make make a make a crossbow. crossbow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, but again, uh, you know, they're not supposed to make weapons because there's going to be other people. I guess they probably couldn't do stuff like that, which again, not realistic. So yeah, well, they find some shotgun shells at one point and dismantle them for the gunpowder to make some fireworks. You know, and all I could think of is it's a shotgun shell. It doesn't require any zip gun rif rifling. Why don't you make a shotgun zip gun? You know, I see no reason why that couldn't work. That would be, uh, especially for shotgun shells. I mean, I get why. Uh, uh, yeah, again, a zip gun is the exact for next answer. You make yourself a zip gun. Yeah, exactly. And, here's my tube. Here's my handle. Here's where I make the impact. You know. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but anyways, um, uh, the, the, so the you know the thing that got the thing that made the show watchable was anytime everyone gets together and starts being competent. Yeah, they started making yeah. cool making cool stuff, you know. Yeah, it's uh, uh, well, hell, they made a goddamn surveillance balloon with a camera on it. Remember yeah. that shit? Yeah, so just to just see the area. Uh, I mean, they oh trash bags full of helium. Now I'm trying to remember that was the aerospace engineer. And I'm like seeing that. I'm like, oh my god, you know, you've got a surveillance building, and you can you can look around the neighborhood now. If this, holy shit. Then later in some other part, she's like, she's like drawing pictures on the walls of their. I'm drawing our story on the walls, and I'm like, you, what are we cavemen already? You've given up, and we've just gone back to scratching out I mean, Neolithic. Oh yeah, we want to leave our story. It's like, oh god. No, no, get. To work, get back to work, you know. Get, ah, uh, you know that that just drove me crazy. Uh, I mean, on the other hand, you know, there was that thing where she salvaged the uh, record player, you know. And I get that you need things like that to break up the ennui and the oh, monotony. Yeah. You know, there's some of that. But I'll tell you what, the thing that would have broken up the ennui that they couldn't have happen on the show 
I, I yes, that would correct, sir. <laughs> At least I think if you're if you were suggesting that there would be a great deal of mating going on, yes, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, that's what would have broken up the ennui because that's what breaks up the ennui in human civilization, pretty much since there were humans, you know. So dirty. So there would. So if there was. If there would have been a lot of dirty, unwashed, unprotected sex. Then yeah. There would have been yes, so bad. Yes, there would have. Um, but you know, again, it's a game show, so that's not going to happen. Oh no. no! 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 But uh, so that you know, so that was season one. Season two. They set him up in a different scenario. It wasn't just like, okay, you're in the apocalypse. They tried to make it seem. Yeah, it was, the first one's very vague. Yeah. Okay, here's the apocalypse. Uh, they set him up when there was a global pandemic uh, happening, and uh, they there was a was it Vorpa I think was the organization you know the health the health organization you know these people to protect them they were in quarantine they were all separated quarantined for three days and then they were taken upon a helicopter and they you know brought them somewhere for like here we're gonna put you in this area this for now and then we're gonna come and get you we're gonna get you to more permanent civilizations this is where this is like our staging area. Um, what they used was like a 10-acre lot in uh, Louisiana by the bayou, areas that were totally, you know, neighborhoods that were abandoned and destroyed by Katrina. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what VOPA stood for. It was like Viral Outbreak Protection Agency or something. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. that's what it was. But, yeah, they we're gonna, it was like, we're going to keep you here since you've passed quarantine. Just stay here and don't get sick, and we'll be back for you. Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, no, nah, I don't see them. No, no, I, I, yeah, I didn't see anything that they gave me. But the, the point is that they, they drop these guys, you know, in, a, in an in an actual apocalypse. In, yeah, the uh, the uh, the nuclear flu. Uh, flu. So um, yeah, so they, you know, it's um, so it's in Louisiana. Um, you know, so it's like this uh, ten acre area. So it's pretty, you know, it's pretty desolate. And they put they put them in this situation like the flu. So they quarantine them, and you know they're scrounging. They're trying to find their compound is pretty big. Whereas, okay, to make a distinction, the first one, they had a house, small lot, you know, with a fence around it for protection. Well, it was, it was an old factory of some sort. It was a factory complex. Yeah, and they had a big fence around it. This, they had a pretty big area of, like, several buildings, several houses, and there was a fence that was very loose security. So it was, it was, too, big of an area, it was too big of an area to protect, number one. And that came through in the show because they kept on just... Uh, you know, because they keep on throwing obstacles at them, you know. Uh, but uh, again, they had they had the cavalcade of you know people here. Let's see, except for a professional model. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, carpenter, mechanic, uh, retired building contractor, geology professor, construction foreman, and an industrial artist, an architect. You know. So again, a pretty good skill set. Except they, they think this time they go, well, we'll throw in a model because she won't know anything, you know. Yeah, well, she was like the youngest person on the damn show too. Yeah, and they had a really old. They had the, the retired contractor was seventy. Yeah. yeah, and he was kicking it pretty good. I'll, I'll give him that, man. He was good. He was uh, going pretty good. But uh, this one, I think, worked a little better because they really showed more about you know. Because there's definitely the food deprivation. You know, food deprivation was a big thing on this one. How people they're saying how food affects you and the, the bonding. They they did the same thing. They brought in a second wave of people. Um, you know, because the thing is, they were talking about how they kept on focusing on food, and they you know they were not focusing on their own security because they kept on getting screwed with. 
you know, so the, you know, the directors kept on throwing groups of people, raiding them, demanding food, you know, because they weren't, they didn't really concentrate on their security at all, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, they wow. did their the normal set of things like, you know, they built a windmill for power. They did alternators. They did all, a lot of the other stuff the other people did, but uh, they did a lot of other cool stuff. Like a guy did a built a, uh, a forge to you know forge metal. Um, so they did a lot of they did a lot of cool things in the show, the interactions. But they definitely messed with them a lot more. They kidnapped one of the uh, people during during this um, later in the one of the later episodes. You know, had him ransom for food, and uh, I mean they kind of showed a uh, bit of a breakdown. And it still had its normal amount of drama because it's on a TV show. Um, but overall, yeah, like I said, it was just like okay. Uh, I, I gotta give him credit for one thing though, because I, I only saw it until the second episode. I got through this out. The fucking pigs. Yes. When they are given, oh, we're starving and food short, and what do the what do the directors give them? What like four rotten hog carcasses? Yep. And it's like, really, fuck you, producers. You gave us fucking rotten hog carcasses. Fuck you. And no, these people, they when life gives you rotten hog carcasses, you make fucking diesel fuel. They rendered the hog carcasses for fat and used it to run a diesel engine. Uh, that that gave me wood. I was so thrilled to see them do. I, I never. I could have figured. I could have thought of the wood gas thing. I could have fiddled around with it for far longer than they did before I figured out how to make it work. But I had a clue because I knew that such a thing existed. It was completely outside outside of my experience to think hog fat diesel fuel. I mean, you, a friend of mine has been running his car on uh, uh, grease trap grease, right, for years. Uh, Gwen Callahan's brother uh, actually does that, Jared. And, does he um, really? Yes, he did. He, for the longest time. He may not do it anymore, but for like five or six years. You know, he'd come out to the airport and pick them up for the HPL Film Festival, and Gwen said the car would smell like, you know, an Indian restaurant because he'd go around the Indian restaurants and pick up the, 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 some of the fat because they used ghee, which is a kind of butter, you know, for their cooking, and it ran really well. And so I would not have been able to make the leap from solid fat in a hog carcass equals grease I can use to yeah, run, a, run a diesel, it has to be a diesel engine because diesel engines are designed to run on a variety of oil oh, yeah. and gases. You know, remember. So remember, kids, when you're planning diesel. for the apocalypse, if you're not if you're not planning for diesel, you're doomed. You've yeah. already lost. You've got to. You've, it's got to be diesel, or you're in deep shit. And there's less and less of them around than there used to be. Yeah, yeah. There used to be more, I think. But that was always the thing about going down to. If you wanted to drive into Mexico, do not take a a car that runs on unleaded. There's no such thing as unleaded gas. You go across the border and drive all the way down to Tierra del Fuego. You've got to take something that that runs on farben gasolina, because uh, there's there's diesel south of the border, all the way down to uh, you know all the way down to the tip of the Andes. But there's no unleaded. There, your access to unleaded gas is yeah. far and few between. Yeah. 
So they did a lot of creative things. Like they made a windmill. Because first they started, you know, an old truck with an alternator for power. Then they built a windmill. And the thing is they kept on getting screwed with because they had no security. You know, they're like, oh, we're going to build the tower. And it, it was like, you know, they like, they like burnt the house down where the people were, the second group stayed initially. Yeah. They did a lot of, they met, they messed with them a lot to keep them thinking because they weren't. They were just slowly deteriorating. And then there was this whole, you know, the, the dynamics didn't always work so well, but you know they had. They said there was too big of an area to defend. You know they should have. They probably should have burned down some of the other houses on their own to clear a line of defense because people were sneaking up on them. You're you're, you're right. That that they, it was so big. It was time to. They really should have either dismantled the houses and used the materials for whatever they could use them for. But yeah, dismantle most of that place. Maybe even pull up, pull up the uh, fence if they possibly could. Yeah. And, close it in if they had the calories to burn on an oh yeah they would like build their things so far away from things and it's like, it's like dude you guys are a security nightmare you know uh, so yeah, so that's why they get they kept getting screwed with and kidnapped um, the third wave uh, of uh, people they brought in was this guy from the seventh episode so he was only in for three episodes it was a uh, Ticknor um, tick, body language instructor, personal security specialist, and security expert, who is a former Renaissance, Renaissance, uh, reconnaissance marine, uh, marine and sniper. You know, so they threw again an expert in there. But it was, but the thing that was great about it, they they showed him he was watching them from like weeks in. Yeah, he was there the whole time. You saw him like the camera, like the TV cameras would show a guy in the bushes. Binoculars just watching them and observing them, and I'm like, you know what? They're fucking with them because there's somebody been watching them the entire time, the entire time. They never even knew it. They even had one thing where did he, later, now, now did he explain? Because um, I didn't get, a, I didn't see the episodes that he was in. I just read about him. Did they get around to explaining how he fed himself? Now, as a as Marine Recon. And he's been trained to, you know, drink paddy water and eat bugs. So my presumption was he just he's just out there eating cold rat meat, you know, waiting for his chance to show up. I mean, he he could have survived on, on whatever was in the environment. Did they ever explain? Uh, not really, but he showed him, like, he had meat he was eating and stuff like that, you know, like he was catching food, things like that. But um, there's this one point where the people who were screwing with them uh, like one of the groups, a guy, there's this guy, you see the camera, you see everybody's just out in the yard working, this guy walks into the compound, out of the bushes, walks right up next to the house, where two people are 10 feet from the guy, he takes a piece of paper and a knife, boom, jams it, jams it in, 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 the, in the wood, walks back into the woods, and they don't see him until he disappears into the forest, and this is, this was like that guy, you know, he left them a note, and it, just to show that they were, and they're for something. Hey, somebody's here! And they're like, "Wait a minute, what's this? This guy walked in here. Nobody saw him. These guys, you know, these people were so unobservant. You know, mm. but again, it's hard to take that serious because you know, in a game show, I mean, if they were really in an apocalyptic situation, would they really be like that? Maybe. No, no, maybe, no, they maybe, wouldn't. Maybe they would be. Maybe they're in such denial, you know, because they kept them worrying about. You know, superfluous stuff. Yeah, uh, the the environment is always going to be artificial because there's no real danger. 
Yeah. Um, there's no real danger. You're in a LARP. You're in a live-action role-playing game. You know? Exactly, yeah. but, but at least they started to make some weapons and clubs and spears and shields. Um, and I did like with this episode that they actually gave the bad guys some weaponry to use against them. They only have they had pepper spray, so yeah. they did really screw with them. You know, they couldn't give them firearms, but you know what? They or even them. or even weapons. They can't have them swinging on each other. They yeah. gave them pepper spray. You know, they 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 sprayed them down and you know took their shit and you know they screwed them. You know, now they'd be like, wow, is there such an abundance of pepper spray that everybody would have that as a weapon? Again, no guns, but well, my my thought is, you know, we uh, it's it's unsafe at any speed, but my thought is, you know, paint pellets. Yeah. You know, if you want to make this thing, and certainly if they're shooting at the guys outside the compound, those guys can be armored up with all their paint pellet gun armor and be protected. Well, let's well, let's talk to Mac McLaughlin and let's set up our own reality. You know. Yeah, that would be the guy to consult. That that is our go-to guy for all things paint pellet. Hi, yes. Mac. Hi, Mac. Because he really because he sets those things up in Florida all the time. I, I'm eventually yeah. gonna I'm gonna call Mac one of these days. I want to check out one of these things he does. I really do because he sets them up in these because I don't know what he does for a living, but I think he does some kind of he works with the military and police. He's some advice. I don't know what he does, but he always gets access to like these you know. They're training areas, and he sets up yeah. these, these, you know, uh, scenarios, these wasteland scenarios from like Fallout or Russian invasions and shit like that. It's crazy what he what yeah, he does. using using their Hogan's Alley or using their you know shootout village yeah. to to do a paint pellet war. And, yeah, um, yeah, uh, it's impressive stuff. It really is. Um, yeah, but so we'll, we'll do that. But uh, so yeah, this show. Um, a little bit better in that respect, and it was it was just funny that you know the security guy comes in and is like, oh, you guys got all this wrong, and changes and makes raids and does this and does that, you know. Yeah, yeah, they actually go and screw and steal their food back. That's what I loved is that once he's in there, like, let's go get our food back from the guys who took it. Yep. And they go and do that. What was the thing where the the viral outbreak guys come and take people? Oh, away? oh, oh! Let me tell you about that. that was. Uh, oh, by the way, people. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but yeah. uh, um, as we said before, it's an implied <laughs> that if you don't know, if, you, if you've watched this show once, you know that it's a perpetual spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, the Vorpa people uh, finally come. They're like, listen, you know, we're your only hope. We have room for two. Where you have a permanent settlement, you know, uh, we can only take two of you. Who's coming? And, you know, they really, you know, so they're like, no, you know, because they, like, built this big escape boat, and they're ready to leave, and um, they're like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go, and they're like, they talk, she, the, the leader goes back to the group, the main group, and they're like, well, does any, anybody want to go? And immediately, there's the one person, the teacher, she's like, okay, I'll go, let me get my stuff, boom. She didn't even hesitate to say, fuck y'all, I'm out of here. She would be a turncoat in a second if the bad guys came in and said, you know, uh, you know, like like in Red Dawn, you know, it's like, you know, uh, I was like, well, I went back into town and you know they made me swallow the thing and you know. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, what, what was her job? Who, which one was it? Who? Uh, she, was a, she was the teacher. She was the, she was the. Um, the anatomy, she? the anatomy instructor. Um. Because what I got is a uh, model, carpenter, auto mechanic, geology professor. Geology professor. Okay, so Miss Proctor bailed immediately. Didn't even think about it. It, it. 
a second. And she was the only one who left. I mean, again, it's TV, you know. Yeah. But she didn't even think about it, and that just shows you a lot about the character. You know, probably real. She would probably turn like that, you know. <laughs> you know, she's uh, she has her pilot's license. She loves math and science, you know. And uh, apparently, not the people she's with. Yeah. So that was interesting how she just. But you're right. Up. Well, there are people who aren't gonna who aren't gonna leave because they know it's a show and they know that this is their so-called last chance. If yeah. it's a real last chance, there could be fucking knife fights over who gets the space on the lifeboat. Oh yeah. You know. But there were there been uh, there was the one character. Now I don't again how much of it was staged, how much of it was they was really going off the reservation. Um, was uh, who was the guy? It was. Um, Jim, Ar okay. Ar Armistead, carpenter by trade, and is an, a general outdoorsman with an interest in disaster preparedness. His expertise is in water filtration, animal trapping, self-defense, and shelter creation. So he was the guy who had the he was the prepper of of the group, you know. Yeah, and he helped them with the you know, making water filtration systems and this and that. But he was fucking losing it. Now, again, I don't know how much it was an act, but there were things like he was, like, crouching in the corner eating at the end where the trucks came. He was, like, he got away from everybody. He, like, backed into, like, the he was, like, out in the cornfields, you know, um, when the Vorpa people came. Oh, nothing to do with him. And uh, his paranoia was on full speed. Yeah, he. I think, you know, he, I think he maybe really been losing it because, you know, being immersed in that environment, people are going are gonna to tend to, the, the reality is going to be a little bit blurry, I think. But he was like in the in the, like in the cornfield, and he's like, he like captured a lizard, ripped its head off, started eating it. You know, it's like, okay, so was how much of this was staged, how much of it wasn't, you know? But if it wasn't staged, boy, he really lost it. But yeah. he said the most interesting thing, which we talked about earlier, was yeah. he because he's a preparedness goes. You know what? No matter how much you prepare for all these disasters, it ain't going to work. Okay, he's like, spend your time, if you have loved ones, a wife, and kids, and a family, spend your time with them, because when the disaster really comes, you're not going to have that time anymore. Which I thought was interesting, from the frickin' preparedness guy, who thought he was going to survive the apocalypse, he's like, you know what, it ain't going to work. You know, yeah. you know, use your time wisely. Yeah, that, that was both chilling and sort of inspirational, that, you know, in some cases, you're robbing your family and your and yourself of that time by obsessing about this stuff, which I guess means we move on now to the people who are the full-time obsessive wackos. You know, well, who, who <laughs> a rather interesting cavalcade of lunatics on Doomsday Preppers. Yes. Yeah. Three oh, yeah. season, three seasons of Doomsday Preppers. Um, I have all not been, shapes I, I, and I, I have not been able to watch any of this show because I don't have Netflix anymore. And it's not on Amazon Prime for free, and its uh, I don't think it's on Comcast. Cause it's, cause you'll, it's you'll, you'll find a lot of it. You'll find a lot of it on YouTube. That's You know, you're right. I never think to go to YouTube because I'm a bit of a quality snob, and I want to watch it on a TV, big TV. <laughs> so I never think to watch shit on YouTube. I'm sorry. Uh, you, this is this from the man who, who bought, came to stay at my house temporarily, and rather than play games on my shitty TV, went out and bought a fucking plasma TV and said, there, just threw it down in my living room. I cannot be playing on this washed-out vacuum tube TV. It was a Christmas present. Yeah, to you, because you were like... <laughs> well, who, who's got the most use out of it? That's a good point. 
clearly you left it behind, and I scavenged it. Scavenged it. <laughs> well, yeah, because yeah, because folks, he uh, he had an Xbox, um, and he had a 19-inch tube TV, and I'm like, <laughs> how the fuck are you playing games on this fucking thing? And um, yeah, it was funny. And I totally poo-pooed it. I'm all like, oh come on, Jared. That's what he put that new TV set in, and I basically. Turned it on and went. Well, I gotta start Fallout Three over again because I've missed half the game. Yeah. There's just I have missed half the freaking game because I couldn't see it on my shitty TV set. So I just had yeah. to start over. Yeah. Because so then I think that same year it was like um, uh, for Christmas a box showed up from from uh, Best Buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um. Anyway, so so uh, Doomsday, Doomsday Preppers. Uh, I have seen a couple of episodes, and the one I am most amused by, of course, is the season three episode that they're not allowed to show anymore. What, the Washington because, local? Yeah, yeah, because they ain't showing anymore because there are certain legal issues that are part of it, and that is, and let's just get ourselves stuck, tucked right into those legal issues, um, Tyler Smith shows up on the show to explain that his plan for the apocalypse is to steal all my stuff. He, he literally has this group of people that he supposedly put together. At least they were willing to stand with him, you know, for publicity shots on the show. And he and his big wobbly belly, you know, were uh, got on the show and explained how, uh, you no. Know, they were going. He was going to be the Lord Humongous. He was going to be the Warlord of the Wasteland. He was going to. His doomsday plan was to steal all our stuff. Um, sadly, you know, he discussed his plans for armed robbery while holding some firearms and shooting firearms to the cameras. And oops, it turns out he's a convicted felon. We 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 never said that these people were the brightest. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, he's a convicted felon. Uh, he um, uh, had, had uh, messed up his probation having moved, so he was already in trouble, um, having not notified the local sheriff's department. And apparently he had made such a problem of himself in his general day-to-day -day life with his own neighbors that they went and took the videotape of the show and took it to the sheriff's department. The sheriff's department didn't see it. You know, the neighbor's report is my understanding of the events, and maybe I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's what I think I read as well. And they just went and picked his ass up. Boom, he's uh, back in jail. Hooray! Or at least he's maybe he's out on bond. I don't know. But, um, yes, Mr. Tyler Smith, genius. Super genius. And I'm not even going to go into some... Well, you know what? I guess I, I could go into what his original charges were that he's convicted of because, you know... It's public record. It's not an allegation. It's been proved. It's what he's, he he was. Um, what was it, Jared? Uh, was it like inappropriate dialogue with a minor or something like that? Yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, lewd con lewd conduct converse or, or, or communications with a minor for immoral purposes. So Im Im that's right for immoral purposes. I forgot for about that. Trolling for underage. Kids for kids on the interwebs is what I, I presume that means, or you know, oh, and no. I'm like, Wait. well, you know, underage could be 17. You don't know. You don't yeah, know that. that's right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna assume, assume it's not. <laughs> I'm gonna assume the worst because I'm bad. I'm a bad person. I'm just and you know person. what? You know what? You're probably not far off. <laughs> yeah. So part of me having seen that one episode because I had to, not the least of which because 
uh, a friend of ours, Jared, who lives in Olympia, had suggested that perhaps, it was suggested vaguely, that they were one of the neighbors. Mm. Our, our artist friend from Olympia, rather than name any names. Hmm. Hmm. I can I can only imagine. Yeah. Some, somebody who uh, is always at the film fest. That would be the person. Somebody. Um, somebody who uh, uh, on fire. Yeah. Well, somebody. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. Somebody who's uh, who has a shotgun and would have been willing to bloat a hole through Mr. Tyler Smith if they'd ever come to their house looking for supplies. And they, um, would, and they, and they would be justified, and they would do it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um. They're apparently one of the neighbors, and they were apparently, uh, you know, uh, sort of the first person to bring it to my attention that this idiot was going going to jail for this. Nice. But um, so anyway, dude, let's uh, let's wrap. We got a we're after we're after ten, so let's go. Uh, so let's wrap up Doomsday Preppers. You know, we didn't. There I, are some there are some good shows. If you I've seen one or two episodes, there are some shows where I'll see some guys doing some genuinely smart things to. To prepare for a genuine, actual, specific disaster like the guy in coastal Alaska who's worried about a tsunami. Well, if you're living in coastal Alaska on the Pacific Rim, this is on your menu, right? You know, yeah. I get that. Somebody, the, lives, somebody lives in Florida could be preparing for hurricane disaster. Exactly, uh, or an earthquake. Well, you know, that all makes sense. Um, but the guy who is preparing for the day that terrorists take over his small town. Which was one of the ones I saw, and I'm just like, really, a bunch of guys in black turbans and AK-47s are just gonna stroll into your town like it's red dawn? Except since it's Islam, I guess it would be green dawn. Um, that's really your plan. That's the threat you're worried about. Yeah, well, I mean, because you, because you've had these survivalist um, types around for a very long time. You know, since, a lot of them since we had a bomb. <laughs> so a lot of them are. You know, it was very underground, very not out in the the public with you know media now. But now you got all these people, and I think a lot of these people are just a lot of you know, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a freaking dog and pony show. A lot of smoke and mirrors, like oh look what we're doing, we're this and we're that. They're all a bunch of crazy lunatic types, you know. They, they, I think a lot of them, you know, or attention uh, seekers. They're just, I mean, they're no different than the, the anyone else who shows up in any other reality, reality show. Bingo. Exactly. Now, some of them may be actually have some real good ideas because, I mean, even uh, I forget what organization it was it was starting doing all these things for zombie survival preparedness, and they they used it as like, well, we're not really. It was a government agency. They're like, oh, that's right. Yes, you're right. Um, um, FEMA. Was yeah. FEMA like, or, or the CDC. They're like, yeah, we don't really think there's going to be a zombie apocalypse, but you know what? This is actually teaching people about. You know, disaster preparedness, which everybody should know something about. And if it's a via, and they're like, if it's a vehicle that'll work and get them to pay attention, then so be it. Yeah, that, I, I, you're absolutely right, and that really made sense. I, I, I saw that, and I thought, good, my tax dollars at work. I'm okay with this. Yeah, so I mean, you, I mean, teaching people how to be, uh, uh, you know, disaster preparedness in Florida, absolutely, especially down where I'm at. You know, Andrew, uh, Wilma. You know, when Wilma in 2005, you know, I, my power was out for a week, you know. Mm, holy crap. I well, didn't five, know that. Oh, yeah, it was well, five days. It was uh, two days on, two days off, one day on, then two days off again. Then it was back on in my area. So, you know, there was a lot of okay. cold There was a lot of cold showers and a lot of barbecuing, you know. So for a whole, for a week, yep. you had five days off and two days on of power. 
No, no, it was two days on, two days off, one day on, two days off. It was five days. Okay. Right. Now we had people, you know, driving up like two hours up north to get fuel, and the whole building. Because this is when I was at my mother's, and I was staying there for a little while, helping mm -hmm. her out. Uh, you know, they. Uh, so you know, I've had my own little disaster. Uh, you know, uh, scenario. I didn't. I didn't even realize it until we started talking about it. So you know, canned goods. You know, you know, not using the fridge. The actual one of these people had a generator. Like anything that was cold, like the whole building kind of, it was like, there was like 10 townhomes there. We all kind of pulled together. You know, things that were cold, we kept in their their house, and their refrigerator because they had the generator going. And then somebody else would get gas. You know, we'd all be outside at night barbecuing, cooking the food, you know. So we all kind of got along real nice for, for about five days. But you know what? If I would have went to 10 days, three weeks, I wonder how nice and you know, cuddly everybody would have been, you know, kind of working together. Since it was only about a week, it was fine, especially since it wasn't the whole world. We could go a couple hours north, get a hotel, get food, get gas, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but every, it was, you know, sleeping in the dark and people, every night we are all sitting outside and, you know. Frankly, that's, that's like, that's really just welcome to the third world. There's people who live in those conditions. Every single day. Yeah. Exactly, you know, so, uh, well, to us, it's, you know, you know, alien in the first world. So, yeah, so these doomsday preppers, you know, it's a, you know, a lot of it's bullshit attention seekers, but some people might actually have some decent ideas. I was like, well, I'm in an area where I really could have some real disaster problems, uh, so this is how I'm preparing for it. So there's some, you know, sense that's made in there. And some of the people they had were just guys like, I think, I can keep remember a guy who was just living off the grid. He was a guy with he and his daughters. They're not in school. He's all this back to nature stuff. He's got this log cabin. He's got he's making his own food. He's uh, raising animals. He's making cheese. He's just doing. He's living like a, a medieval peasant. Right? Yeah, he's, he's just living off the land. He's you know he's like living like you know it was like 1860. He's just living on a farm. You know yeah. just you know. And and his he's not exactly prepping for doomsday, but he certainly has put himself in a position where if the lights, power, internet, and Google go off, he he's not going to give a shit. Yeah, he's, he already knows how to live. So, yeah, yeah so those, those kind of people, there's people who do that. Like, again, like we always say, look at the Amish. They're, we've talked about them. They're going to do great. They're going to do fantastic, you know. Uh, before we wrap up, two, two quick shows I, I, I want to mention. There was a Show I haven't had a chance to see it because it's again not. Uh, I guess I'd have to go on YouTube. It was um, another one of these reality wackos looking for attention? Uh, Doomsday Castle. Oh, okay. Don't know it. Guy has his castle and he's got his whole family involved. I'm like, look, we're preparing for the apocalypse, and I ha I bought this castle and we're preparing for it and building self defense and shit like that. Again, just attention seekers, you know, uh, trying to find something. And then of course there's the pilot for. Oh yeah. Uh, can I see that there? Apocalypse Man. Yeah. Apocalypse Man, which is what's the guy's name? It is um, former Marine and martial artist Rudy. Uh, was it Rudy Ray's? Yeah. Yeah. Who I should note plays himself in Generation Kill. That's right. If you've ever seen the HBO series Generation Kill, he plays himself, and there's a point where the actors playing his fellow Marines give him a bunch of shit about how he wants to go to Hollywood and be an actor. Because that's what he does. Because he really that's what he does, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he did this show, and actually it was filmed in Detroit because there's a lot of apocalyptic... Uh, wow, yeah. Because <laughs> we don't have Chernobyl. 
We got Detroit. <laughs> all, all I can think of is oh. from Kentucky Fried Movie, send him to Detroit. Yeah. No! <laughs> oh, um, man. It's either that or East St. Louis, you know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Apocalypse Man, he uh, it's an hour-long pilot. You know, he's like, Listen, the the you know the world falls apart. This is how you survive. You know, he he does these things like crossing bridges with rope. He like a crowbar and uh, and some rope, and he makes an impromptu like you know uh, grappling hook and climbs across the bridge and stuff. And I'm like, well, I, you know, my fat ass, fat ass ain't doing that. Um, he talks about you know security. If you're gonna sleep somewhere, how to look for food, how to prepare, <coughs> how to start fires with like you know steel wool and batteries and, you know, how to find a car and get it started. So he does all this thing, like, how do you survive on, you know, in the urban environment, you know, kind of thing. And it never went anywhere. I mean, it might have been interesting to see where it went, but it was only a one-hour pilot, so. I, I'll admit, I have not tried the steel wool and batteries yet, but I'm dying to. It was yeah. just a 9-volt a battery, and uh, boom, it, it automatically, you know, it, it immediately uh, ignited the uh, steel wool, which made for decent kindling. Yeah, but he and even he said he's like, well, this is great for now, but it's gonna run out. Yeah, you're gonna run out of batteries. You're gonna run out of steel wall. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. My my worries is the batteries sitting on the shelves have what's their half life? I mean, what's what's the life of a battery just sitting in the store? Yeah. You know. So uh, so his was I mean fairly interesting to see that in, in that environment to see him crawling around and stuff like that. So. All right, folks. So that's uh that was our show on you know reality apocalypse TV. You know some of it being you know set up scenario, some of it being people getting ready for the apocalypse, and some of it being more of like what's going to happen in the world, you know, the documentary uh, Life After People. Uh, life, life After People is essential for anyone who's like thinking about writing some apocalypse material. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and wants to know how far, how far in the future is the, is the Empire State Building still going to be recognizable? Yeah. Or, or even cities be recognizable? As opposed to being overgrown, or, or when, you know. when you know there might be people around, but there's not enough people to keep the infrastructure going. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that's that's indispensable for anyone who's ever thought about writing about uh, the post-apocalypse. I, I would recommend that to anyone. Because because people who are left in the city aren't worrying about uh, keeping the, the the buses going or sweeping the floors. They're worrying about how am I going to eat. Yeah, they're not worried about that. Keep the pumps going in the uh, in the subways. That was one of my favorite things in. Um, uh, Twilight 2000's Armies of the Night, which is about going on an expedition into Manhattan, and Manhattan becomes literally like an urban jungle in the scenario. One of the great things I loved was everyone is getting water from the subways. Ugh. That's where people go to spool out the water that they're going to go boil and filter later, you know, if they don't have a catch system. Uh, is that the, they, They're like oases in this concrete desert. Uh, which means they're also the sites of a lot of bloody fighting. Oh, I'm sure, because you know that's the it's the water hole, so that's where people are going to be going. Yeah. Yep. So, so folks, that's our uh, that's our show on reality TV. Um, have you even thought about what we're going to do next in two weeks? Uh, me and Mr. Glancy will discuss it uh, during the week, and we'll figure out what we're going to do. Um, I don't know. I still want to talk about fashion, the apocalypse, but we're going to need I, to wrap. I, I, I don't see why that can't be the next one. Um, but, but I think it's going to need to write, encompass more than that because I don't think we – well, 
Uh, here I say, there's no way we could talk about that for an hour. Bullshit. But, uh, you know. Yes. Have you heard us? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Have you ever watched the show? Have you ever talked to us in real life? Yeah. No? <laughs> yeah. Have you still got ears on your head? Or did we talk the fuckers right off your skull? Yeah. We might uh, have. We might have. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, just because I mentioned it, I saw they posted an Economicon for 2015, the Providence show. Good. Same time as last mm-hmm. year, but what's fortunate, Gen Con that year, in 2015 is July 30th to the 2nd. Oh, thank goodness! So there is like a, like a two, there's a like a two and a half week buffer in between. So I think I'll be able to pull it off because I could come back to work Tuesday, yeah. a four day work week, work the entire next week, and work a couple days that week. My boss, yeah. will, my boss won't have a fucking shit fit, so I could, I could probably do both of them in, uh, in 2015. Good, good. We missed you. We missed you last year. Um, it was no good not, uh, not seeing you at Necronomicon. I think you'll really enjoy it. Oh yeah, I mean, I heard they did. Anyway, they don't, people don't care about that. I just thought I missed no, they, it. no, they, no, they don't. But if we can only, unless we can find a way to do a Lovecraftian apocalypse, um, which well, we, well, we, we could, we could talk to Mr. Craig Mullins and uh, about his. Reanimated States of America, which is like a post-apocalyptic uh, novel, uh, like graphic novel he just did with uh, kind of Herbert West and, you know, po- it's like uh, apocalypse. I-, I don't know much, much about it. I remember him mentioning it to me in the past. And certainly I have actually run across a number of their short stories in Book of Cthulhu and in um, something called uh, Reign of Cthulhu, which are all stories set after after you know, humanity has been taken down a peg or two with the return of the great old ones. I'm not sure if that counts as a monster apocalypse or a supernatural apocalypse, but it's in there somewhere. Both. Both. All right. So next week, again, we might talk about fashion and the apocalypse, maybe a couple of other little uh, side trends, you know, like Mr. What is the the well-groomed wastelander wearing? You know, Mr. Uh, Thrasher mentioned about scavenging and other things like that. So there's some other interesting little topics we could talk about, or, or maybe we'll circle around and maybe talk about a book or something, you know. I don't know, you know. That's right. It's not like our shelves are not filled with uh, things we can choose from in that department. I know. Our, our, our book cup overfloweth. <laughs> so uh, as, as, as I know, as we know, you'll know. So probably you'll know Monday. All right. <laughs> but they'll know Monday. We'll, we'll talk about it hard and so. But anyway, so for Adam Blank Glancy, uh, or are we going, are we going with... Uh, the bomb, the atom. I'm the, uh, Adam the bomb. the bomb Glancy. Yeah, that's that's what we're gonna go with. So Adam the bomb Glancy, and and not not because he has digestive issues, folks. Okay? No, <laughs> not 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 much. Not not, not much. Recently. Not much. Yeah, lately. So for Adam the bomb Glancy and uh, Jared Apocalypse Nerd Wallace, uh, signing off for podcast Jack Round Zero. We will see you folks in two weeks. Thank you and good night. Good night.